Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. And now we come to Psalm 45. My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the King. What an opening verse. My tongue <laughs> is the pen of a skillful already writer. Yes, well, I think as we've looked at these psalms, our hearts have been stirred, haven't we? Haven't they? I, I, because, you know, there are so many wonderful truths about God, about his love, about his faithfulness, even when we go through times of, of real difficulty. And um, just, just listen to this in verse 2. You are the most excellent of men, and your lips have been anointed with grace since God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword upon your side, O mighty one, and clothe yourself with splendor and majesty. In your majesty ride forth victoriously on behalf of truth, humility, and justice. Let your right hand display awesome deeds. Let your sharp arrows pierce the hearts of the king's enemies. Let the nations fall beneath your feet. Um, this is one of these curious passages of Scripture where you can apply it at two levels. You can say that this is an exhortation. It says that this psalm is written by the sons of Korah. It's, it's a wedding song, and therefore it is to be sung over the bridegroom. So you could say that this is a psalm that is um, encouraging David uh, as, as his um, king to, to rule and reign in, in a kingly way, to ride forth in majesty and victory on behalf of truth, humility, and righteousness. But on the other hand, it could apply to Jesus. It could apply to the Messiah. It, it could be prophetic of the most excellent of men, not, not just the way you would speak of your king but of the king of kings, uh, the one who is going to gird the sword being the word of God, the double-edged sword, which is the word of God, and the one who is going to reveal his majesty and his splendor, the one who is going to bring victory, the one who is going to uh, proclaim truth in humility and with righteousness. Great, ex great description of Jesus the one who is going to do awesome deeds. So it, it's strange. There, there are many um, passages, prophetic passages in the Bible that we can understand in both ways. They can be understood in one way if we apply them to ourselves or apply them to men, and they can be understood in another way when they're applied to the Lord and specifically to Jesus and his Messiahship. So I, I always find that fascinating. Uh, it produces a problem for me because I'm not quite sure which color to use in my Bible when I color those verses because I've got one color for God and one color for man. And I think, now what am I going to do here? But I mean, that's a minor problem, isn't it? <laughs> so what about these psalms as songs, Colin? I mean, so many of them are sung, actually, just as, a, just as an aside. Are, there, it, are they really intended to be sung? Yeah, I don't think they're intended to be chanted like they are in some... Uh, <laughs> In in some, I, I I mean I was a choir boy. I had to, 
Uh, I had to sing all the psalms, chant all the psalms. Uh, I can remember as a choir boy uh, singing Psalm 47, you know, clap your hands together, all you people. And if any of us had done it, we'd have got a clip round the ear by the by the men in the choir stall behind us. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a bit ambivalent about the singing of things. Uh, I think, you know, we, we, we saw in the psalm the other day, didn't we? Sing joyfully to the Lord. I, I think so many of these songs, don't, these psalms don't need to be um, sung mournfully or just to a chant, but they need to be sung joyfully because there's great, tremendous, triumphant truth here. Well, Psalm 46, the next psalm we come to, is definitely sung a lot. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Yes, there's a lot of good songs around, aren't there, that are based upon the psalms. And we sing a lot of the words of the psalms in, in the new songs that that our musicians write. And I, I think that's great. Um, but I, 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 like to, I like to hear scripture read. I like whole psalms just to be read and just to be spoken and even to speak them together. And we do that sometimes in our church. It's a little bit difficult because, you know, two or three different versions of the Bible may be used by different members of the congregation. It might sound a bit odd, but somehow it works. We all get to the end about the same time. <laughs> well, actually, you've been reading long passages from the Psalms over the past few weeks, and it has been really refreshing just listening to Scripture being read, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, you need to hear it read by someone that believes what he's reading. Uh, you know, you can have somebody reading the lesson in church in in such a way that, you know, it's difficult for you even to concentrate on what's being said. But if there's anointing on the reading of Scripture, it's very powerful because you're, you're, you're reading the, the Word of God. Um, just before we come to, to Psalm 46, I can remember years ago preaching in um, Singapore Cathedral. And as I was praying um, before the meeting, um, I felt the Lord saying, just read Psalm, uh, read uh, Isaiah chapter 40. Now, you know, I know the opening verses of that very well, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. But it goes on, you know, to speak about all kinds of other things. And and I said, Lord, the whole, the whole, chapter and he said yes the whole chapter and there's all kinds of things about idols and all the rest of it later on so the the uh, cathedral is absolutely packed to overflowing with people and uh, I just stood up and read this psalm and because the Lord had told me to do it there was such an anointing I mean the presence of God in that place and of course there were many non-Christians there who were idol worshippers and I, I think that is the one meeting that I could say definitely that every unconverted person that was present came to the Lord. There was just such a sovereign move of God. And uh, I think the, the people counted 109 people got saved at that meeting. Through listening to those words and of Scripture. That's yes. I just preached a little bit afterwards, but it wasn't really the preaching. It was the reading of that chapter that really did the business. And over a hundred got saved that, that day. So yes, I'm I'm all for for really reading the scriptures. But we need to get back to Psalm forty six, don't we? We do. And uh, what does it say? God is our refuge and strength 
an ever-present help in trouble. Ah, oh, this is wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> Here we go again. I'm getting excited again. See, because now we're into the Word, not just talking about the Word. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Boy, don't we hear about a lot of natural disasters like this that are happening, tsunamis and all the rest of it. But you see, the psalmist says, we will not fear no matter what is happening. Why? Well, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our, our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now, I guess out of all that, the, the, the one phrase that nearly everybody listening will know is that phrase, be still and know that I am God. That's a precious scripture. I've used it throughout my Christian life from when I was a young boy. Be still and know that I am God. But look at the context in which it is said. In the midst of all the disasters, in the midst of everything that can happen to us in the world, God is there. God, the Lord Almighty, is with us. He is our fortress. He is our place of protection. He is our refuge. He is the one who can change the circumstances. He is the one who can even make wars to cease. He is the one who is the Lord, the God, the one who is to be exalted among the nations, to be exalted over all the earth. And so it's as if the psalmist is saying, in the midst of whatever is happening, just be still. Know that I am God. Right in the middle of the mess, the muddle, the confusion. Be still. Know that I am God. Put your trust in me because I am there. I am with you. I am in the midst of, of whatever is happening. I am with you always. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. It's wonderful, you see, because he is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. And anybody who's listening now who feels he or she is in a place of trouble, let me tell you this. God is your refuge. God is your strength. He is present with you an ever-present, always-present help in times of trouble. Turn to him. Trust in him. Be still. Know that he is God. He is greater than your need, greater than the circumstances, greater than the problem. Nothing is impossible for him. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 